Well, welcome everybody to Legendary Leadership Lessons. I'm your host, Gary Johnson. We've got another great episode for you today. As uh, all of you know, if you're listening to this podcast within a few days of its recording, it's that time of year, it's December. And I will say as a Christian, I celebrate Christmas and I have someone on today that does a tremendous job of helping many people around the world uh, that is involved with uh, with our church here in St. Louis and many others around the world and giving people water, fresh water. It's called Living Water International, and we're really excited to have Mike Mantell on today. We're going to be talking about how his uh, his firm works, what they do, what their messaging is, and you know how they've been able to make such an impact in the world. We've been very blessed in my organization, my church, to to have Mike and his group involved for some time. So with that said, I want to welcome Mike Mantel. Hi, Mike. Gary. Hi, how are you? You know, I'm doing really, really well. It's a, an exciting time of the year for us. I know it is for you too. And it's interesting. I had uh, the opportunity in the last few weeks to have uh, Stephen Covey on. Uh, I, I don't know if you've, if you've had a chance to meet Stephen, his, his, his uh, book, Trust and Inspire just a tremendous book. And I've also had recently on uh, Jim Hunter, who wrote the book, The Servant. A great book. And, and I, it got me thinking about you, Mike, and what an impact you're having in the world. We're going to talk about young generations today and why they want to be have a purpose to their performance. And I just can't think of a better way of doing that than giving people around the world fresh water. Could you tell the audience, Mike, a little bit about the organization? I am delighted. Uh, I serve as president and CEO of Living Water International. We've been uh, around for about 33 years, and our focus is to help uh, low-income communities access safe water. Um, the Lord has blessed our work in the over the years. Uh, 7.3 million people today are drinking safe water because of the generosity of uh, churches and individuals. Um, we've completed about uh, 24,000 water projects. These projects are wells that we drill or uh, reservoirs that we dam and distribute uh, piped water into uh, communities. Um, we link water with uh, appropriate sanitation and hygiene training. There's a little acronym called WASH, W-A-S-H. It's uh, Water Access Sanitation and Hygiene. And that's our focus. And of course, we, we, we also want to share uh, the love of Jesus Christ. We organize churches and other uh, communities of faith around the work that we engage with uh, local teams so that uh, people not only have access to safe water, but they also experience the living water, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, that's great. And I'm so glad to hear you say that, Mike. I had Don DeCostin on the other day, the former uh, two-star general in the United States Air Force. He was chief of chaplains for the United States Air Force. And I didn't tell you this offline. I'm working on my doctorate at Liberty, and I know you have yours. Uh, mine's going to be in business administration. But anyway, long story short, he's the president now of Liberty. And we were talking about faith and leadership. And, you know, Christians out there have gotten a lot of knocks over the last few years. It's interesting to hear young people's perspectives on it. And this is one of the great things. I mean, when you look at living water and what you guys are doing and what churches around the world are doing to provide just basic things we take, you know, we take for granted in the United States and other places, that's just a tremendous thing you're doing. 
Well, Gary, uh, congratulations on uh, entering that journey of uh, earning your doctorate. Um, it is a journey, and um, I'm delighted to talk about how the church is making a positive impact around the world. You know, you do hear a lot of negative talk about, um, you know, is the church all words and no action, or, you know, is the institution of the church dying or dead in some locations? But you know, as, as I've traveled to more than 50 countries over these 30-some years, I've experienced uh, bodies of Christ that are alive, that are engaged in the most critical issues addressing people, water, food, health, housing, justice. And um, what I've experienced is the church is alive and well. It's engaged. It's making a difference. And it's a joy to serve the church as a, as a not-for-profit, a parachurch organization, our hope is that the church becomes more visible, more relevant, more engaged locally, because as people get engaged, they begin to uh, uh, change their perspectives. They begin to uh, develop uh, globally, relationally, spiritually. And we've seen almost, uh, what, 22,000 people um, over these last few years, engage cross-culturally, cross-geographically, uh, cross-economically. And when there's when you have an opportunity to get outside of your comfort zone, when we have an opportunity to get outside of ours, that's where um, we're most present to what God is doing. And it, it, there's so much hope when we see the results of people getting outside of their comfort zones. You know, it's such an interesting point, Mike. It's it's disappointing to see all the hatred in the world and everybody wanting to fight each other. We years ago, I don't know how many years ago it was. You remember when the Baltimore riot thing happened? We had David Anderson come out to our church. He wrote a book called Gracism. It was a really impactful presentation he gave on, uh, you know, what happens. He came out, he had these... Uh, really uh, blended shoes on with all different colors on it. It was kind of on the color of his book as well. And he was, just talk he was just talking about, you know, we need to spend time with each other. You know, we need to get out in front of each other, spend time, you know, learn about each other. And it's amazing when we do that, that we find out how very similar we are to each other, Mike. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I have Ben Carson coming on. I'm really excited in a couple of weeks, one of my all-time idols. And we're going to be talking about his scholars fund. But, but in addition to that, just talking about what you just brought up about bringing people together. He, uh, he was on Fox years ago, right after the Ferguson riots and they had Jesse Jackson on and they had um, Ben on, and it was kind of a point counterpoint kind of thing. And Jesse, you know, got on and he just had a real certain perspective about what he thought, thought happened there. And it was just amazing to watch and hear Ben Carson and how he disarmed that and really got on the same side of the fence with with Reverend Jackson. And, and it's just amazing to see that. So it's a, a lot of times I think we, we, we find ourselves in situations where we're, we're battling each other and, and maybe it's really not a matter of being on the uh, different side of the fence, maybe just different angles. And I think fresh water, this, this, this basic necessity is such an incredible thing to do. How did you get involved with the organization? Well, it goes back uh, quite some time. Um, you know, you talk about uh, a journey, and it, it it really has been a journey. So, 
I'll give you the quick thumbnail. I grew up um, working for the family business, putting sprinklers in uh, in California. You know, it's very dry in California. It's also the bread basket. So just growing up, you know, um, trenching uh, in pipes, putting in sprinklers, trying to bring uh, irrigation. And I was always just so uh, impacted by the power of water to transform a, a desert into a breadbasket. And that was, you know, when you grow up doing these sorts of things every day, running crews, running machines, you know, it kind of gets in your in your blood, in your mind, in your heart. But uh, I really wanted to, um, <laughs> to get rich. So my plan was I would, uh, I'd go to business school, I'd, I'd, I'd get a job working for, uh, uh, you know, someone who was very successful and I would pursue my fortune. And so I did uh, go to school. I went to Calvin College initially, um, got my uh, bachelor in, in uh, business. And I had the great fortune of working for Tom Monahan, uh, the owner of Domino's Pizza. Such, such a creative man. He not only was building his business, but he was developing real estate. He was uh, uh, really a pioneer in so many things. And that's where I learned uh, about business. But uh, in that process, um, I tell this story in, in, in my uh, book, Thirsting for Living Water. In that process, I had the chance to ask him to fund a water well in uh, West Africa, in Senegal. And the reason I did that is I just wanted to have an adventure, kind of a lark. I wanted to, I wanted to get to Africa and see what was going on. And I thought water in Africa in the desert would be such a, a grand adventure. So that's where I had a pivotal experience. I, I jumped on the airplane, Air Afrique, went to uh, uh, Senegal, uh, West Africa, and I uh, um, spent a couple of weeks drilling a water well and putting up a windmill. And what I saw there blew my mind that um, uh, water changed everything. When, when this uh, Muslim tribe in the desert, Curse City Bang, um, experienced water, they started dancing, they started singing. Um, the local drilling team there was just sharing the love of Jesus in, in French. It was translated into Wolof. Uh, I, I was able to travel around the desert a little bit, and I saw communities that had uh, received water for the first time about a month prior, and they were already planting little seedlings. They were excited about the future. I, I saw a community that had water um, about six months uh, prior, and their their food production was uh, um, producing more food than they could eat. That surplus food was allowing them to put together uh, little uh, schools. And I saw that water had a multiplier impact from health to uh, education, um, to community development, economic development. I thought, wow, there's nothing more impactful than water. And so I started uh, praying to the Lord because uh, it was impossible. It was impossible that this team of people could get together the, the drillers, the community leaders, um, the pizza king in Ann Arbor, 
um, how, how could we possibly be together? And, um, and it became very personal where uh, I began to see and believe that God was alive and well, that God was intervening in the challenges of this world and that he was inviting us to participate. And so I, I, I was just uh, enthused with this idea of working really for God in the most essential intervention in human development, water, that would also share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that led me on a, a 33 year journey. I, um, I prayed every day that God would let me work for him. And I kept saying no <laughs> to every opportunity that came because I loved working for um, Tom Monahan. And I was developing all kinds of skills and relationships. But finally, I uh, took a flyer um, through the encouragement of my wife. I joined World Vision at the time, a global um, international Christian relief and development organization. And I began uh, that grand adventure, working for um, World Vision, until I finally, 17 years later, wanted to concentrate only on water and the gospel because of water's uh, fundamental intervention in human development, its multiplier impact, but also the eternal impact of linking water with uh, living water. So it's been a, it's been a 33 year journey and uh, I've been doing the, uh, the ministry at Living Water for the last 15 years. Yeah, it's an incredible story, Mike, and it, it is amazing to see what happens when we put our, our brain power together. It was funny that you mentioned that because I was going to bring up this quote to you. So when I had Stephen Covey on a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about his new book, Trust and Inspire, and he mentioned a quote from Gandhi. And the quote was, the difference between what we do and are capable of doing would suffice to solve most of the world's problems. How do you feel about that quote? <laughs> You know, put it, put it simply, I worked with a colleague once, Robert, and he just said, Mike, if people knew better, they would do better. You know, if, if we really understood the opportunities and the challenges around us, if we understood that we could um, solve the water crisis by linking arms together, by sharing our knowledge, our resources, um, if we really knew how people were living, 733 million people were living every day without access to water, we could solve it. And I believe that we can. And so that's that's the excitement and the passion where I wake up every day that I believe the church of Jesus Christ could bring water as it pursues what we call in the church, the great commission, as we, as we lead out and lean into um, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in both word and deed, that everybody could have access to safe water. And with water, as you now know, comes the multiplier impact to health and education and livelihood. So I, um, I think it is possible. Yeah, that's great, great points that you made there. And, and it is about you know, focus and energy and, you know, a cause. It's interesting too, Mike, is, is I have an opportunity to interview and connect a lot with CEOs. And we're talking a lot about the younger generations today. And 
this uh, this need or this want to tie passion, you know, what I'm passionate about to performance. And a lot of organizations around the world are are, are picking something to do that with uh, some kind of a an initiative. And I, th- I just can't think of anything better than, than giving people such a basic necessity as water. As you're as you're building this awareness around the world and, and, you know, person by person, organization by organization, you know, how is it? So obviously our church, Greg Holder and what, what he's done and the church has done there at the crossing just, I think is awesome. We love, love the, the mission, but how do other people that are listening to this podcast and they're saying, Hey, this sounds like a great thing. I'd like to learn more. I'd like to have something to talk to to my younger generation workers about maybe this could be a cause we get involved in. How would they go about getting a hold of you or, or initiating that? I love that question. I'm going to answer it in just a second. But uh, the interplay of um, passion and purpose is fascinating. You know, I, I met a, uh, it was, he was actually a headhunter, Tommy Thomas, years ago, and they had a process to discover your motivated ability, which is the interplay of what you're passionate about, what you love, and what you're really good at. And if if all of us could find our motivated ability, those things that um, we bring our best energy to and we're really good at, we could change the world. Now, of course, everybody has different motivated abilities you discover them by remembering you know your stories over your your lifetime and begin to see how god's interacting with you and preparing you for the future but for those whose passion is water um, for those whose passion is to help everybody access water sanitation and hygiene i would recommend that they go to water.cc so it's uh, um, our website, water.cc. And um, there are all kinds of opportunities for um, individuals to grow in knowledge about the water crisis, to expand their experience, to go on a trip internationally, to, to run, climb, or ride for water, and to figure out how to co-invest to change the world. Now, the crossing, Greg Holder and his team have been doing this for 20 years. And um, Greg is a personal hero of mine. And what drives him, I think, are two things, adventure and unity. That Jesus, in his most important prayer, his last prayer on earth, was that we would be one body working together uh, in pursuit of uh changing the world. And that's what I've seen is, is, is people find their passion, their motivated ability. It could be water, it could be food, it could be justice, it could be economic development. Find the passion and then lead into that because our passion is tied to how God created us. But for those that see water as uh, their primary passion as it is mine, water.cc. Yeah, I love that. You know, your dog is very passionate about living. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of mutt do you have? That is, that's my daughter's mutt. Uh, her husband is uh, deployed in the Persian okay. Gulf. He's, yeah. He's, not, he's on the Eisenhower um, 
Oh, he's great. the goose to the maverick on these uh, oh, SATs. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So uh, she moved in with her brand new baby and her dog. And I'm not used to a dog barking outside <laughs> my office. So I apologize. There. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. It sounds like he, does he follow you around? Oh, yeah. that We've fallen in love. So he, oh, uh, good for you. <laughs> he likes me and I like him. Well, that's great. You know, I've got two two dogs myself. And, you know, as I do these podcasts down in my office, I usually do them here at my house. You just never know, man. You, this is, and, you know, everybody gets it. Everybody does Zoom and whatever. So I just wanted to tease you about that. Mike, thank you so much for coming on today. I love what you guys are doing. It's such a great cause. We're so thankful that we've been able to be involved with it just in a minor way through through our church. And I wanted to thank you again. And I also wanted just to say that we're, we're, we're excited to see where you guys continue to go and the impact you're having in the world. Thank you, Gary. Uh, Crossing has been a big part of this. And of course, I'm excited about your pursuit of your doctorate and what you're doing to be a, a blessing to uh, CEOs. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.